see each of you tonight. What a blessing. What a week, right? It's a crazy time of year, just as we're winding down 2019 and going into the holidays. And so welcome. Um, I don't know where you're at tonight um, in your journey, in your walk. Actually, it doesn't matter. I think we, we can all and should all be coming from different places in, in our, our, you know, process through this thing called life, and, and tonight there's going to be, I believe, something that God's going to do special in each of our hearts. So I, I want you just to, just to relax, just to take a deep breath, and, and just allow God to come and meet you right where you may be. My name is Darren. I have the privilege of being part of an amazing team as the pastor here of the harbor, and so welcome tonight. We're glad that you were here. I was reflecting back on a, a moment that I had in my early 20s tonight for whatever reason, and it was when... Wendy and I were living in the state of Oregon, and I was working for a major corporation. One of, one of our managers on a regional level flew in in this jet, corporate jet, and, you know, as a, as a young, zealous guy that was in the business space at the time, you know, I was thinking, man, I got to ask this guy a question, like, what is it like, you know, what is it like to be in the position that you're in, you know, thinking that he was going to give me this profound answer. And to be honest, I could just see on his face that there was this almost like a, like a disappointment in my question because there wasn't really anything that he was going to be able to, to give me that he knew I was really asking for. Like, I, like he was going to all of a sudden just reveal, oh my gosh, you can't believe what this is like to be in this role and to get a fly around in this, in this corporate jet or whatever the case may be. And he, he actually said, you know, that, that it was really um, a letdown when he climbed and climbed and worked and worked and worked and got to this place in this position in this company and feeling what he felt in that moment. He said right away he knew it. And I remember as I processed that conversation that day, there was something that, even as a young 20-year-old, got into my heart um, that has stayed with me that I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about tonight. And it has to do with divine purpose. You see... I think there's a lot of people in the world that are doing what they think they're supposed to be doing in terms of their destiny, but I don't, I don't know if they really understand um, the reality of this thing called divine purpose. And, I, and I'm going to explain that to you as we go tonight, as we just kind of work our way through this, this little moment here in in the Harbor Pompano's, you know, ministry center um, on a Friday night, because um, I think there's some things God wants to understand, that, that there's not, I mean, Amanda was actually praying this tonight, that there's not actually um, some arrival point that we should be striving for, thinking that, man, when we hit that moment, all the things on the inside that, I, that I've been created by God to feel and, and are longing, I'm longing to feel, I'm longing for this desire of purpose, there's not going to be some singular moment where we're going to feel that necessarily. There's actually going to be a process of ever-increasing um, satisfaction that we're going to walk in with the Lord if we can see and understand what this whole thing looks like. I wrote down a, I wrote down a thought when I was just, just sitting around earlier today, and it was about, it was about Jesus, uh, you know, and, and, and his example in his life. You know, he's, he's portrayed through the Word of God, right? And there's this imagery um, so often as it relates to to Jesus himself, imagery in the word, I love it, it's like, a, it's like a mosaic, it's like a picture where we can see the journey of Jesus, but it's not just so we can see the journey of Jesus, it's so that we can see our own journey. You see, the path of Christ and, and the things that he did in his life, they weren't just for himself to come to the earth and do, it was actually 
a, a picture for us to be able to behold so that we could actually see what our life was going to be like, in a sense. It's, it's, it's like the Father is trying to teach us as his kids, hey, listen, this is what divine purpose is going to look like for you, but we're going to be able to see it and have a little clearer understanding through the lens of Jesus and his journey. So that's what I want to, I want to take us on tonight. I, I, I was amazed, I, I don't know if you guys realize that there's a, a big art fair going down in, in Miami right now, Art Basel, I believe it's called, and Basel, sorry, Basil is, is, is an ingredient, all right, but Basil, yeah, Art Basil, see, that's why I'm not there tonight, I, I probably won't be, I'm not, probably not even qualified to walk into those doors, you know? um, but did you see that they, they sold this piece of art that was a banana with a, with a piece of duct tape, taping it to the wall? for $120,000 down there. Did you see that? Wendy and I were like, my gosh. But someone was able to see the value in that piece of art. And, I, and it was a real banana. I mean, this wasn't like a, a drawn banana. It was a real, literal banana, duct taped to the wall. That was it. $120,000, y'all. It's insane. But it worked for somebody. And I was thinking, like, how in the world is that? I mean, you just dropped 120K on a piece of art that's going to dissolve in about three months, right? I mean, it's not like you can, I mean, I guess maybe there's permission from the artist to replace the banana. I mean, is that what you do? You replace the banana? I, I, I don't know. So, but. For, for this person, there was, there was value. Isn't it interesting about art? Like, that there's, there's no real pricing structure necessarily to art. It's based really on the value of the one who is seeing the art. God is, God is a crazy artist that has painted all kinds of pictures for us if we could if we could just by the grace of God open our eyes to be able to see what he's put before us and that it's it's like it's like that parable and 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 we're and we're going to talk about a parable tonight a parable is is a story that's designed to reveal a spiritual truth that's otherwise hidden from us and, and I think we're living in a day and an hour where, man, spiritual truth is, is, is something that carries so much value if our hearts could just be awakened to that, man. Like, man, like never before in human history, maybe ever, do we need the reality of, of spiritual truths to come and meet us in our lives like we do right now. So God gives these parables, and, and I was thinking about a couple of them. I'm going to get to the main one tonight in just a minute, but um, I was thinking about the one about the treasure, right? That's, what does it say? Hidden, right in a field. And we're going to talk about a field tonight, but it was hidden in a field, and, 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 and when that person found that piece of art, that beautiful pearl, if you will, of great price, it says that they sold everything. Everything. To go and buy that field. Here's a mystery. God actually sold everything to come and buy us. That's, that's the, 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 the biz, profound, bizarre reality of redemption. He like gave everything of himself to buy us. And so when we grasp this reality of redemption and what he gave to, to buy us, we will give everything. To buy him, to buy his truths, his mysteries, the thing that things that bring real sustenance to our souls. Sorry, Kevin, I'm gonna switch out of this guy real quick. Real sustenance to our souls that that we never go on this adventure called life and reach a place where we're dissatisfied. 
I want you, I want you to sit with that a minute. Like, what would it be like to live life in such a way by the grace of God that every day you woke up, not that every day is going to be perfect and not that every day is not going to have problems or not that there's not going to be seasons. I'm not, I, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm, but I'm talking about real satisfaction. Something that brings to life that essence on the inside of you that was given to you by God. So there's this parable in Matthew chapter 20 I just want to read just a couple of verses from it, and then let's see what kind of mosaic God could paint for us tonight and give to us a spiritual truth that when we walk, when we all walk out of these doors, like silently, quietly tonight, we go, whoa, I'm different. Something happened in me tonight. I love this parable. It was actually one of the ones that actually set Wendy and I in the course of ministry. I was in Dallas, Texas. Um, We had transitioned out of business into um, a Bible school down there in Texas. And, and, you know, I just went because, because I felt like that's what God was saying. There were so many clear indicators that that's what we were supposed to do. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to give my life to serve God. And I'm going to be honest, by the time I was concluding my studies there, I actually had no clue of what I was supposed to do. I was very confused. Honestly, I was very disillusioned. I was looking for this singular answer that God was going to give me. Like, Darren, this is what you're going to do, and this is the goal that you're to reach for. And I was actually found wanting in that period of time, and I was just sitting there empty. And we had this, this kind of move of God kind of breathe in on our campus unexpectedly. Hmm. What would that look like if God just kind of unexpectedly just kind of walked into South Florida in a dimension in a way that we've never, ever known or experienced before? What would that be like? Do you believe that can happen? I think he loves to do that. So he he turned everything upside down in this couple of weeks that he just kind of visited our little school, and out of that, this was interesting. You know what the fruit was out of that? Me and about seven guys, there was, it was happening in all kinds of people. It wasn't just us. It was literally hundreds, if not thousands of people after this little moment had taken place. We felt to get together, wait on God, and pray, and see what he would come and say to us. I want to submit and just just share this with you. We are planning right now on Tuesday nights during the month of January just to come into his presence, lift up worship, sit, intercede, come into agreement. I'd love to have you guys come and hang out with us during the month of January. It's going to be good. I really feel something about 2020 that God's going to give us clarity of vision to be able to see what he wants us to see. So we're having these moments with each other, and on I think it was a Tuesday night, actually, as I think back now, and, and the Lord showed up, and I've never had this happen before. I've never had it happen since. My eyes were opened. Hard to really explain, but I began to see the faces of people that I knew were living on the earth flash before my eyes. It was awesome. Was amazing. But what was more amazing was I began to feel the heart of the Father and his divine purposes for this generation that I was seeing. Oh my God, y'all, it was amazing. Can you imagine, like, if you, you, you don't even, you don't even, I don't even think it's possible for us to fully realize, like, how much the heart of our Father longs to see us come into to the beautiful things that he has for our lives. And it, it literally put me on my knees. And out of my mouth came, God, if you would help me, if you would enable me, 
I'll put as many into their purpose as you would grace me to do. That was what I said. And then I was like, whoa. But what I didn't realize was that God was going to do that with me first. Fast forward five years, I end up being brought into the very thing that I'm going to talk to you about tonight. And since that time, I've gone through three waves of it. And with each wave, it just gets more beautiful. And the satisfaction and the understanding of what God is up to just becomes that much more clearer. And I just want to show it to you tonight just for a couple of minutes and then we're going to close, okay? So in Matthew chapter 20, verse 6, it says at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, he, talking about Jesus, again, this is a parable, this is a story designed to reveal the spiritual truth that otherwise is hidden from us. He saw some people standing around and he asked them, why have you not been working all day? They replied, because no one has hired us. The landowner told them, then go and join the others in the vineyard, in my vineyard. Now, I think about that at first glance. You know, my my grandparents own this farm, and I'm like, ah, like the toil, you know, of being out in a field, working the land, if you will, however that that may be, just sounds exhausting. You know? Like, especially, think about it, like South Florida style, man, summertime. You know, you're looking for some purpose, you're wanting to do something, and and what you only can imagine uh, really just kind of seems like, man, if I get into that, it's just going to be exhausting. This may sound profound and crazy to you, but I believe that that whole toil thing that came in to this planet after the fall where by the sweat of our brow we have to quote-unquote work the land. you got to understand, when we talk about the redemption of Jesus over all things broken, that's one of the things that he came to redeem. Us just living out life Trying to make it another day. Holding on for dear life. Hoping that maybe things will get just a little bit better if I can just achieve fill in the blank X goal. This amount of money, this spouse, this type of car, you know, this type of, 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 of earning income, this position. Listen, hear me. God's going to put us in some of the most powerfully profound positions on the planet as it relates to marketplace reality. Totally, he's going to do that. There's some places that we're called to occupy as believers to leaven the influence of the kingdom that we haven't even begun to step into. Many people in this room, you're ones that God is preparing to be in these spaces. But you have to understand the process of what God is doing in you to give you the life, to to give you satisfaction as you journey this journey with the Lord, wherever he may call you to be. The issue here that was going on as they're looking straight at the Lord himself, the, the one who created them, they're unable to see that it's really him before them offering this opportunity and, they're, and they're, they're stuck in this place where they feel like no one, and in fact they say it, no one has hired us. Have you ever felt alone in your journey? Wondering if God is even with you? Wonder if, wondering if God has, has you know, abandoned you, if he's really with you in this quote-unquote process? Let me give you some clarification here. When we're talking about employment in the kingdom, okay, there's lots of things that we're going to do 
But I'm talking about our employment in this thing called the kingdom of God. The employment and our job description is one thing. It's to be worshipers. The crazy thing is, you could be a pastor vocationally and not be a worshiper. You could be a business leader, Christian business leader, and not understand that your employment in the vineyard is to be a worshiper. The, 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 the thing that God is looking for, the only thing he's looking for on the planet is hearts that will know him and out of that knowing, worship him with their life. I have to be reminded, I'm just reminding myself of this every day, Lord, vocationally, I am not a minister of the gospel. My vocation is a worshiper of you, God, because you are awesome and mighty and powerful. I want you to think about what are you doing right now? What, what, how are you earning your income? Beautiful. Wherever the Lord's placed you, however he's doing that, whatever that may look like today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, awesome. Ask God for more. Ask him to put you in the, the realms where you, can, where you can make the most impact in those spaces, but also remember that in those spaces, primarily, you are a worshiper. And so, they're sitting in this space, in this Hour of grace, I didn't mean to make that rhyme, um, but it just did. Five o'clock was the last hour of the workday. It was the hour of grace where they were to step into this moment. And I want you to see the imagery here through the journey of Jesus with these ones in this parable in his own life where we can perceive our own journey. You know, we talk a lot about worship here at the harbor, even in True North, where we, 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 we focus on three things all the time. We talk about intimacy, we talk about identity, and then we talk about impact. We talk about those three things over and over and over again. And the reason is, is that, that intimacy in the life of Jesus, i got to make this quick, it really equals to... Uh, pre-wilderness experience in the life of Christ. I'm going to talk about that really briefly in just a minute. And then identity, it's actually all about his time in the wilderness when he's being really tempted. And we know those, that story where he's, after 40 days of not eating food or water in a place of total weakness, he's, he's, he's fleshing out and, and his identity is being proven. And then Post-wilderness is where he begins to get into real impact. And you can see it. You can see that imagery in the life of Jesus, but it's actually not just for Jesus, it's for us as well. All of this in in Luke chapter 4, we're not going to have time to read this tonight. I encourage you to go and dive into this book a little bit because it's really, really powerful. But you remember that, that moment... Um, before he goes in the wilderness where he's, he's baptized in the Jordan, he comes up out of, out of the water symbolizing rebirth. It's all imagery of what's to come through salvation. As he ascends to the Father and he has authority over all things and, and the heavens are going to be open to the earth and the favor of God is going to be available to anybody on the planet. No longer are we going to be separated. And he comes up out of the water and the, the thing that you hear from heaven is, this is my beloved son. You could apply it to yourself in the feminine sense tonight if you're a girl in the room. This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased, which is mind-blowing really when it comes to this whole concept of work. Why? Because he hadn't done anything at this point. Nothing. He hadn't healed one person. He hadn't, you know, ministered or preached a sermon. He hadn't done anything as it relates to what we think is the work that Jesus was sent to do. Yet in this moment, identity is revealed. 
Identity is revealed. He hasn't stepped into it to prove it out, but it's revealed through this reality called the intimacy of God. When he comes up out of the waters, it says that the heavens opened up and the presence of Holy Spirit comes and descends and begins to rest upon him. Crazy thought for us tonight, and you've got to understand this, no matter where you're at in the journey of God that you're in and where you find yourself tonight, whether you feel whatever in this room at the moment or not, there is an opening that has taken place 2,000 years ago that has never closed back up. Never. Constant, 24-7, 365 days a year, access to the beautiful thing called the presence of God on the earth. Wow. Then, from there... As he, chapter, chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and then he's led by the Spirit, where? Into the wilderness. God, why would you lead us into the wilderness? To be tested. A lot of times we read that, I don't know about you, but I, I, I hated Test taking in high school and in college. You know, this pass fail moment where everything is riding on how well you've studied, how well you've prepared, how well you've given yourself to, to, to you know, see what your acumen is, is being measured at. But this test was not a pass fail, it was actually a proving of what Christ already carried. Okay. Why, why am I saying this? If you go, oh my gosh, Darren, I don't want to go out. Of, I just want to stay in that open heaven reality, that realm. I don't want to have to go through a moment like Jesus went through here. I'm worried. I don't know if I can make it. No, listen. God doesn't lead anybody into some wilderness to, to fail that experience, he actually wants to prove to you what you already carry. Listen, some of our most difficult moments in life can be some of the most transformative moments because we actually begin to awaken and begin to see and begin to understand, oh my gosh, this Christ in me thing is really real. Man, there's, there's a lot that could be said about this moment where, you know, he's hungry. The enemy tries to get him to turn, you know, stone into bread. He, 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 he tries to present all the kingdoms of the world to him. He, you know, he says, man, jump off of that the, the, the highest peak here in Jerusalem, and man, nothing's going to happen to you. He, he's trying to get Jesus to respond to his voice instead of the Father's voice. Okay, there's something here on this. Because worship, I, I love that we get up and sing songs on a Friday night. I, I love it on Sunday. I love it whenever we do it. But I have found worship to be way more than singing just a bunch of songs. I have found it to be me trying to posture my heart to where I hear God and I'm obedient to what He is saying to me and not lending or bending to another voice that tries to be an echo of things that I think make God may be seen, but I just don't feel right about it. Because think about it. When you're hungry, have you ever really been hungry? Remember my brother, I was going on a mission trip to India, and he fasted like three days for me. And then he calls me up and he said, Darren, I'm feeling terrible. I'm like, why, Sean? What happened? He said... Dude, you know those one-pound bag of candy, like uh, Swedish fish, the red ones? He ate the whole bag, the whole thing. He said, Darren, I was just so hungry. 
hungry. One time I was fasting, and I, I, man, I was laying out back. I was in the, just trying to get some sun, just trying to take my mind off everything. When I looked up and the, I saw the clouds, I swore they looked like Snicker bars. <laughs> I wanted to turn one of those clouds into a Snicker bar because I didn't really want to sit in that moment of hunger. And say, God, you know what? I'm hungry right now, but I'm I, I, more than food. I want you. More than any of the satisfaction that I could glean from what this world has, to, has the ability to produce, to, 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 to give me sustenance and enjoyment from food, I want you. We're meant to enjoy the things that God's put on this earth. Don't hear me wrong there, but I'm talking, where's our hunger? Where's our devotion? Think about the all the kingdoms of the world thing, man. It's like, you know, that was already Jesus' destiny. I want to ask, ask you, do you realize, like, you already have something in, in the heart of God that is awaiting you, many, many things? But are we going to bend to some other voice to get it now? To get it when we want it? Because when you get in that space, then you start doing crazy things. You start jumping off of the top of buildings and hoping that God's going to somehow meet you there. I've seen that happen so many times with people, man. They start getting antsy hungry they're trying to feed themselves on everything else except for the Lord they're they're wanting to get ahead of the process that they're currently in to grab a hold of that thing that they feel on the inside and then when none of that's happening they start jumping off buildings and hitting the ground and wondering why God didn't catch them couple more minutes when Jesus comes out of that place of feeling what his heart must have felt that our hearts feel when we come out of those moments by the grace of God I am a child of God I am your son Condemnation, I feel this for someone in the room tonight. If condemnation is knocking at your door all the time, telling you, you're not one of God's kids, you're not his favorite, there's maybe nothing for you. I feel to say over your heart tonight that you may be actually the one that God actually wants to bring into this more than anybody else. Because the heart of the Father is not to bring you through circumstances or into circumstances where you come out on the other side condemned. It's actually to feel more of His pleasure for who you actually are. So out of this, He comes, it says, in the power of the Spirit, verse 14, and He returns to Galilee, right? And the reports about Him start to spread quickly all over the place, like you got to see this one Jesus. you got to see this one Jesus. you got to see this one Jesus, this one Jesus. Listen, I need to prepare you for this, okay? As you walk into these realms of intimacy, start to realize who you are. Things are going to start to pop, 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 pop. But go back in humility and remember the wilderness. And who got you through that moment? Because that will hold you when everybody starts to tell you how amazing you are because of the favor that's now resting on your life or the grace of God that's starting to come off of you. It's beautiful. We're supposed to walk in that. But humility is what's going to hold us when we really start to step into impact. You see, we think that, man, the the real challenge is the wilderness and the trials there. No, 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 no. Those things are meant to prove to you what you actually carry. 
The challenge is when you begin to start to be used by God, will you remember the grace that got you through those times? He taught regularly in their synagogues and was, listen to this, was praised by everyone. The same people that in a few days were going to crucify him. If you're living off the praise of man, it's going to be the same thing that will crucify you a few days later. And you'll be hanging on that cross going, what in the heck just happened? We don't get our praise from people. We give praise to God. And He simply comes and affirms us as sons and daughters. You know what? I've seen ministry or marketplace stuff become so addictive because we feel, wow, look at me. I've received this award, done this thing. And all of that is great and good. And God loves those moments. close with this last thing there's so much I wanted to say to you guys tonight but we'll continue this another day it says when he came to the village of Nazareth his boyhood home I don't know I don't know maybe it's just the season of life that I'm in but I find myself just continually coming full circle full circle like full circle in everything. I'm seeing it everywhere. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm being brought back to where I started. But those moments are beautiful because then you can really sit and see the journey that you've been on and see how far that you've come. Someone in the room needs to hear this tonight familiarity with ourself or with other people is our greatest enemy in this, in this process called the satisfaction of being hired as a worshiper in the earth. Because you can get so familiar with yourself you can't even see how far you've come. It's okay to go back to Nazareth and just sit in that place for a little bit. Your boyhood home, your girlhood home, where you, where you were raised, where, 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 where people knew you as a certain person to be a certain way, and now you've come back there and you're different. Look at what they say about Jesus. He opens his crazy scroll up out of Isaiah, and he starts to preach about the spirit of the sovereign Lord, Lord now being on him where he was going to be anointed by God to bring good news to the poor and that he was going to, you know, proclaim to the captives that they've been released and to the blind that they would see and that the time of the Lord's favor had come. I mean, the gospel is on him. I mean, the power of God is on him. The gospel, the word, the mystery, the mosaic, all the treasures of truth are flowing out of the mouth of Jesus. And verse 22 says, Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. And then the next moment they say, Wait a minute. Isn't this Joseph's son? Close your eyes for just a minute. Everyone in this room has been, I don't know, through how many rounds of this same journey that Jesus went, you realized, God, you're in the earth. I don't know when it came. Maybe it came in a meeting. Maybe it came when you were at home. Maybe it came in a difficult moment. Maybe God just showed up in your car. I don't know how it came. But you realized He was there and you begin to hunger for His Word. You begin to see that you were called to reign in the earth. You begin to see that you would one day do great and courageous things and God would uphold you. 
You began to learn how to hear his voice. You began to, to walk with God again in the cool of the day. You went through some times that were very difficult, but God just showed you who you actually really were. He proved to you, not to himself, but to you. Wow. And then he began to use you. Maybe the first couple go-arounds, you took yourself a little too seriously and some good healthy humility came in, but nonetheless, he began to use you. Well, here tonight, you're sitting at Nazareth and the scroll of Isaiah is on the inside of your very being. Not just words, but power, authority. Wherever you go, People feel something different when you're around them. But how do you feel about yourself? Are you just Joseph's son? Or are you a child of God that's been transformed and bought back by His grace to be a worshiper in the earth? Meg, just... Let's just lift something up right here just something spontaneous just something to the Lord just something from our hearts we worship you we love you Jesus there's none like you oh we love you come on just in a quiet way in your seat right there just begin to tell him God you're so good there's none like you
our life, God, that satisfaction. A minute. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Life in this room, God. Life in this place. has over every heart in this room I just want you to receive this before you go that there is a place for you not only in his heart but in what he has for your life and it's more than a destination it's a journey that will take you on one of the most satisfying rides of your life and he's hired you to labor in his vineyards but not to exhaust yourself but to worship him to hear his voice to be led wherever you are led to go to to be obedient to whatever he says for you to do this is your portion and you will not bend to another voice you will not bend to the voice of another you will worship God because your hunger is for him It's inside of you. It's insatiable. You'll never be satisfied by the other. You'll know it when it comes. Even if you've gone there, you're like, that doesn't satisfy. I need something that satisfies. This is your portion. This is who you were created to be. You may earn income through whatever measure, but you're called in that space to be a worshiper of God's nature and His presence in a world that's hungering for sustenance, that's hungering for purpose, not just purpose, but divine purpose. So we're breathing deep, God, tonight. We're breathing deep the life of God in this place.
standing right before Jesus the face of Jesus and you're unable to see him and you know it you're like he's right there but I can't see him listen God wants you to be able to see and perceive that the Lord is with you I want you to come down tonight and just get prayer and seal that today that your eyes will be able to be open to where God is moving that you can see his workings in your life right now you don't see it bless you guys. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your weekend. We'll see some of you on Sunday.